This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery... Well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Star Diary, the podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. You can subscribe to the print edition of the magazine by visiting skyatnightmagazine.com or to our digital edition by visiting iTunes or Google Play. Greetings listeners and welcome to Star Diary, a weekly guide to the best things to see in the Northern Hemisphere's night sky. In this episode, we'll be covering the coming week from the 22nd to the 28th of August. I'm Ezzie Pearson, the magazine's features editor, and I'm joined on the podcast today by reviews editor Paul Manny. Hello, Paul. Hello there, Ezzie. Looking forward to some more events again. And can you tell us a little bit about what those events might be this week? Well, last week or the week we had the opposition of Saturn, and we got another opposition. Get excited, yeah. Mm. Yes, sort of. It's, it's the minor world for Vesta. And this happens on August the 22nd, so the very first, uh, on the, on the Monday in actual fact. So, you know, it lies to the left of Saturn, so it's actually quite convenient having a bright planet not too far away to help guide you to it. And the thing about Vesta is that technically it is actually a naked eye object. This is a minor world, mm. but it's one of the few that can actually reach naked eye visibility. So it's actually magnitude 5.6. Now, we say magnitude 6 is the general limit. If you've got a very dark sky and good eyesight, I, I have known people see magnitude 7 stars. I've mm. got down to nearly magnitude 7, but that's before I have to wear glasses now. It's a lot less than that. But uh, so, oh, whoa, those days. Oh, those days when I could see fainter. But you do need a dark sky be able to pick mm-hmm. it out and a good chart admittedly to find something like that but binoculars it's easy i mean magnitude 5.6 is an easy object in 10 by 50s or 7 by 50 binoculars indeed so bear in mind though it will just look like a star and william herschel coined the term asteroid which is how they were first described because asteroid means star-like and mm-hmm. they are all all of them are star-like the key that 
tricks you into thinking that it's actually a, uh, an object in the solar system is its motion. It moves. Of course, the stars don't move. That's where we get planet, wandering star. But in this case, these actually move as well. And the only way of knowing from night to night, unless you've got a really good star chart, you know, and I have to say with Vesta, you should be able to pick it out. It's a very bland area of sky. So, you know, you shouldn't have any difficulty identifying Vesta in this particular area. It's in the, the southern part of Aquarius, in actual fact. So quite bland, in actual fact. But it's the motion. So you'll see it moving night after night sort of thing against the background stars. So it's always one of those little tasks sort of thing. To, and it's a nice little project. You know, to, to have a star chart and, and mark its position night after night, showing the motion of Vesta itself. When I say it's at its best, it's at opposition on the 27 magnitude 5.6. So this is the time. And if you've got dark skies, you know, it's well worth having a go. If you've got keen eyesight to see if you can see it. Um, you're looking towards the southeast roughly about 11 o'clock in the evening so we have got an evening object at the moment sort of thing it is um, and again like saturn once it reaches opposition it moves into the evening sky so it will become a lot easier to see but of course we've then got the opposite effect it starts to slowly fade but it'll be a binocular object for the vast majority of its time it's actually visible so that's actually good news so vesta is the one to look out for now as it's at opposition now I do like the minor worlds. Um, mm. They are dots, but following them and ticking them off your off your list, you know, is great. But we've got another one from the twenty second to the twenty third. You have to be up in the early hours of the morning, and it's at about four a.m. Now, August the twenty second, the sky there'll be a hint of twilight just beginning at this stage. But we're looking for two Pallas, the second asteroid to be discovered. Now, it's a challenge. It's ninth magnitude. But the reason why I'm highlighting it is that it's actually passing directly below the Sword of Orion. Now, that is arguably, along with the Pleiades, one of the most popular targets because it's got the Orion Nebula mm. in sort of thing. You've got the whole sword where you've got sort of the Iota Orionis to the south, which actually is between the Orion Nebula and Pallas. So that gives you a clue as to where it is. So you'll be able to watch Pallas. So it's a good guy because again, you've got a nice bright deep sky, well known deep sky object that'll help you guide you to find this fainter small asteroid. So well worth having a look at. Yes, you have to be up in the early morning mm. and it's low down as well. But because the Sword of Orion is so well known, you should be able to pick it out. And again, over a couple of mm. nights, watch it moving from the right to the left on the 22nd to the 23rd as it passes below south of Iota Orionis and the Sword of Orion. And of course, the Sword of Orion is great to look at anyway. I I have to confess that uh, Orion is one of my favourite um, constellations. It's just, it's really easy to see in the night sky. Pretty much everybody knows how to find Orion's belt. Um, and it's got a little bit of everything in it. You know, you've got different coloured stars um, from different points in their, their life cycles and you've got nebula and all kinds of things going on there. So I, uh, any opportunity to have an excuse to look at Orion is a good excuse for me. 
They are. And that's worth getting up at 4am in the morning, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but it is low down. So again, we, we have this mm-hmm. proviso, you, you do need a good clear horizon. For me, sadly, I have a lot of clutter in that region sort of thing. I've got a, a, a bank that hides us from the industrial estate and it's that area that it will be in. So I won't be able to see it sort of thing. So, uh, woe is me. Come on, everybody, mm. the sympathy vote, please. No, I didn't <laughs> think so. Typical. But we're not done yet with minor worlds because comets are minor worlds. And we mentioned comet PANSTARS. This is C2017 K2 PANSTARS um, earlier this month. Well, on the 22nd, it's right next to the star Graphius Beta Scorpii sort of thing. Again, I mean, you handed it on a plate. <laughs> it's right next to a very bright star, you know, sort of thing. Again, I love Scorpius as well, sort of thing. So Scorpius is one of those constellations. It's going to be roughly in the sort of like south-southwest. And you're looking now, gosh, it's been a while since I mentioned this time, roughly about 9.30 in the evening. Good grief. It is basically tea time, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> if you have late mm-hmm. teas, that is. But it's very easy to find. Beta Scorpii. Um, Omega Scorpio is nearby a wide, naked-eye double star as well. But you've got this comet, which should be around about 7th magnitude. It is dropping down. And over the next week, to the end of the week, it is heading towards Deshuba, sort of thing, Delta Scorpii. It won't reach it until the following week, so we won't deal with that then. But you'll be able to watch this motion of this comet as it drops down, because it won't be too long. In a few weeks' time, it'll be gone completely. It'll be too low for us. So grab it now whilst it's passing a bright star. Say on the 22nd, it's right next to Graphius Beta Scorpii. So a great guide to be able to find this fuzzy blob. Um, I have seen pictures with a tail, but uh, I can't promise you'll get a tail with binoculars, but certainly photographically you might pick out a tail actually with that. Okay, so back to the morning sky. Yes, there has to be something in the morning sky. Is On the 24th, looking around 3am to 4am, look for the... Cre- I love the crescent moon, and I, I must admit, I don't observe it enough in the morning sky, mainly because of my horizon. Well worth having a look at, because we've got the return of Gemini, the constellation back mm. in the twins, Cassa and Pollux. And the thing about the moon is it's almost exactly in a line. If you take Cassa through to Pollux and then straight to the moon, so you've got almost a straight line. And I love little things. I mean, I know it's little things sort of thing. I know little things please me, don't they, clearly mm. in the sky. But well worth this. I love lineups sort of thing, you know. It's catching that moment when it's almost a perfect lineup with the, with the moon. Now, obviously, the moon in the morning sky, and that brings us back to our final object for this week in the morning sky, um, around about the 25th. And what we're looking for, we're back to Venus again, and the moon gets closer to Venus. Now, on the 25th, it well above Venus. Um, so you've got this thin crescent moon. Look for Earthshine as well. It's not too far away from the beehive cluster, which should have improved a little bit now. It'll have moved slightly higher up in the sky. So you never know. You might be able to pick out the uh, moon and the uh, beehive cluster, Messier 44, in binoculars. But Venus is lower towards the horizon. And then on the 26th, the moon, the really slim crescent moon, is to the left of Venus. Now, Venus itself will have moved down. It is slowly dropping back towards the sun, but at the moment, we've got a bit of a nice balance in that. It's just about keeping right and keeping in the twilight. It will eventually lose that race, of course. So there we are, sort of thing. And I love that shot. You've got this thin, ephemeral, slim crescent moon hanging there. 
with this brilliant star which we know as Venus, the planet. Absolutely gorgeous, but you need a clear horizon for this sort of thing. Well, we're having a look out around about east northeast and about five, we're talking about 5 a.m. now. So you can tell we've, we've had quite a change, haven't we? We've been talking about 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Now we're into 5 a.m. and we're still able to observe. So mm-hmm. it just shows that the nights are actually pulling in. Yippee! But <laughs> that's a nice way of, I think, of ending the week, looking in the morning sky and catching the moon next to Venus. So there we are, Izzy. Another week done. And thank you very much for taking your time to talk to us about it, Paul. It sounds like there's a lot of things to be looking out for this week. Hopefully some of our listeners will be able to get out to see some of them, whether it's Venus next to the crescent moon or Pallas passing by the end of the Sword of Orion. Hopefully there's something for everybody. If you want to find out even more spectacular sights that will be gracing the night sky throughout the month, be sure to pick up a copy of BBC Sky at Night magazine, where we have a 16-page pull-out sky guide with a full overview of everything worth looking up for. Whether you like to look at the moon, the planets, or the deep sky, whether you use binoculars, telescopes, or neither, our sky guide has got you covered with the detailed star charts to help you track your way across the night sky. From all of us here at BBC Sky at Night magazine, goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Star Diary podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at skyatnightmagazine.com or head to Acast, iTunes or Spotify. 